One of the most important and frequent roles that a leader fulfills is that of making the on-the-spot correction. This applies to civilian sector, uh, all branches of the military, regardless of your military occupation. Uh, leaders, by virtue of rank, position, or even future or aspiring leaders. But if you consider yourself a leader, there is an expectation that you're going to take action when conditions are inappropriate. And that's either in situations or interpersonal interaction or personal conduct. But you're going to take the appropriate action and correct the situation. And I define correction as a response or response strategy that is communicating from the sender to the receiver that their behavior or elements of it are in conflict with uh, organizational norms, ethics, policy, practice, or law. Now, if we all agree that that is one of the most important and frequent roles that a leader fulfills, that of making the corrections, I want to pose a question to everybody, and I'm going to give you some time to think about it, and I'll circle back to my answer. And I'm certainly very interested in hearing your answers, but I want to ask the question, what is the most important correction that a leader can make? Now, it's my belief that if we want to improve our organizations and reduce the amount of counterproductive or harmful behaviors, we would be better served if we increase the rate of bystander intervention and leaders actively correcting for every instance of counterproductive or harmful behaviors. In my 19 years of service, I've been through a few, more than a few weekend safety briefs. Some were very well done, uh, more than a few were not. Some leaders were very effective at capturing the attention of the soldiers in formation, and others droned on in a monotone lecture that we just couldn't wait for it to be over. Um, but the message was almost always clear and unchanging. Don't you do anything that violates policy, regulation, or law while you're off this weekend. Don't you do anything. The appeal was always to the individual to behave morally and legally. There was rarely any talk about our shared responsibility to prevent occurrences of harmful or inappropriate behavior. There was never any reassurances or any communication to the effect that if an active bystander got involved, that they would be fully supported and that their behavior would be reinforced by leadership or even confirming that those people showed great moral courage by reporting inappropriate behaviors and that they would be protected and free from reprisal or retaliation. I don't really feel that there was an effort in those previous safety briefs that I, that I listened to or I was a part in. I don't feel like there was an effort to establish a culture of speaking up in an effort to stop people from committing acts of wrongdoing. I feel like historically, when we've had these safety briefs, these these hopefully preventative measures that, that we take, I feel like we've always put all of our eggs in one basket when it comes to stopping people from doing bad things. We tell them to make the right choices, and we hope for the best. Now, sure, we, we absolutely tell people, hey, stick with your battle buddies, have a plan. We order leaders to come check in on the weekends, but I don't feel like those have made a difference in reducing instances of bad behavior. I just don't. And I think while we should still continue to do some of those same things, and we shouldn't stop expecting or trying to influence our teammates to elevate their sense of personal morality and live our shared organizational values, I just I feel like it is time to go all in on developing cultures 
and shaping our ethical climate so that we support, reward, and reinforce better bystander behaviors and that we develop leaders at all levels who correct for every instance of behavior that conflicts with our values, policies, procedures, or law. So the answer to the question that I asked to open the episode, what is the most important correction a leader can make? The answer, in my mind, is the next one. The next correction you can make is always the most important. Whether it's a minor violation of AR 670-1, whether it's a safety violation on a range or in the motor pool, or it's a violation of SHARP or EO policy, I think if we're trying to build the culture that we want in our organizations, every correction is of equal importance. And I know it's at this point that some people may begin to get a sense that Sergeant First Class McEvers is not a lot of fun at parties or is an NCO who just loves to correct people. And neither one of those, neither one of those are true. What I want to do is shift people away from a mentality of letting the lesser stuff slide because all of the available evidence that I've reviewed shares one common factor. Instances of large-scale or egregious behavior do not originate as large-scale or egregious. It's quite the opposite. It's smaller in scale, and in some cases, it's tolerated because it's not a big deal, okay? Or it's not that deep, or it's not that serious. And I, this is where I, refer, I reference and I, and I borrow from psychologist and professor Dan Ariely. Um, he said the most important act of dishonest behavior to correct is the first one. Because that path down the slippery slope always begins with the very first step, that first act. And should we intervene and correct when that first step is taken, perhaps we, re we really will start to make progress at eliminating the harmful behaviors. Now, there's a, there's a common visual aid, and I'm, I'm going to link it in the show notes, but I'm also going to try and describe it uh, as accurately as possible so people who are listening in the car or if somebody doesn't have access uh, and they're listening along and they want to take out a sheet of paper and, and kind of follow along but a common visual aid that i see when receiving sharp training or discussing the various programs in the army is what's known as the continuum of harm okay and i think it's a simple and effective visual aid and if i were to describe it i would describe it as on the left side of the continuum imagine a set of stairs Okay, and the very top stair is the green stair. Okay, and it's a set of six stairs. Far left, green stair. Okay, that is a military climate of dignity and respect. Okay, people are treated as they should. Behaviors are inappropriate, behaviors are corrected at the outset. Uh, and that is where we want to be. Okay, but as you go down the set of stairs, they begin to change colors. And the behaviors that are present at that stage or step or stair begins to get pro progressively worse. So if we take one step down the staircase or down the slippery slope, you're going to step into the yellow. And that's where you have gender-focused jokes, sexual comments, Jody calls, vulgar pictures. Okay, Take a step further, and you have you know sedu seductive behavior, inappropriate advances, and that's the amber. And then we arrive at and then we come to orange and that's where you're you're likely to in the in the organizational climate you you may see threats blackmail sexual bribery and then you get a little bit uh darker red kind of a burnt orange and that's where sexual touching 
pinching, groping is occurring. And then all the way to the right, the bottom of the staircase, we've gone all the way down the slippery slope. There's the red stair or the red stage or the red step. And that's where you have instances of physical force, sexual fondling, forcible assault, forcible sexual assault, and, and other harmful behaviors. And this applies, I feel like this, pretty much we talk about the harmful behaviors uh, and how we want to target them for elimination and sexual harassment, sexual assault is is at the top. But I think any harmful behavior, inappropriate behavior kind of progresses similarly. Similarly, And what I, I like this, this graphic, but I think we don't effectively articulate how we get from green to red and that we rarely go from the far left to the far right. And the first thing that I saw uh, that I thought of when I saw this continuum of harm uh, a year or so ago is the term incrementalism or slippery slope. And, and I'm going to define inc incrementalism and I'm going to borrow the uh, Macomb School of Business, University of Texas. They have a, they have a wonderful resource, uh, ethicsunwrap.u.texas.edu. But uh, incrementalism is the slippery slope that causes people to slide unintentionally into unethical behavior. It can happen when people cut small corners that become bigger over time. For, for instance, almost every example of accounting fraud begins with people fudging small numbers that grow larger and larger. People's brains are not adept at perceiving small changes. In addition, continued exposure to unethical behavior is desensitizing and makes those activities seem routine. Indeed, we can easily lose sight of the fact that e these activities are immoral and possibly illegal. Wrongdoers and people in general may never even realize that they're making life-changing decisions when they make small unethical choices. But in truth, as philosopher Jonathan Glover says, incrementalism is how we slide into participation by imperceptible, imperceptible degrees so that there is never the sense of a frontier being crossed. So I think going back to the continuum of harm and if you've got that mental picture in your mind, we want to be far left, top stair, and we don't want to deviate. We don't want to go down the staircase. We don't want to go down that slippery slope. But when we do, we tend to travel one step at a time. Okay, We rarely go from green to red because if we did, people would it, it would be more noticeable Okay, and, and the reactions would probably be a lot more pronounced. But this is the danger of the continuum of harm and when we move in increments or incrementally. And another, another uh, neat study I came across is actually titled Boiling the Frog Slowly. Um, and I want to ask another question. Are we boiling the frog slowly in your or our organizations? And I came across this phrase while looking for the reference material when I found a research journal that had an article in it or a study in it called Boiling the Frog Slowly, the Immersion of C-Suite Financial Executives into Fraud. And what that term, boiling the frog slowly, means is that if you were to take a frog and you throw it in a pot of boiling water, it will immediately jump right back out. But if you increase the temperature gradually, the frog will die in the boiling water. And this really aligns, uh, this in this case study, 13 executives were involved and they were indicted in major cases of accounting fraud. And the common narrative with all of them was that their path was traveled in those small steps. 
and they never intended to take the path to begin with. None of them set out at the onset of their journey to get indicted or, or commit fraud, financial fraud. And some of them, they felt very strongly that if something in the environment had a peer, had a leader, had, had something in that organizational culture communicated to them that they were they were even the small behaviors the initial instance was was wrong they felt very strongly that they they would have never arrived at the outcome that they arrived at and i really feel like boiling the frog slowly really aligns with the continuum of harm and incrementalism like i said previously if we were to go from green to red on that continuum of harm in a short span our brains are more adept at picking up large changes okay we would immediately notice something's wrong and we're going to take action very much like if you throw that frog in that pot of boiling water he's going to jump right back out but when the temperature raises gradually we become less responsive or attentive to the warning signs. Now, quick note, uh, admin note, um, I've never thrown a frog in a pot of boiling water, uh, and I don't know if that's necessary, necessarily accurate. Please don't try it uh, to try and test that uh, boiling the frogs theory. Just just use it as a, as a metaphor for slippery slope. Um, but moving on, this is why I feel confidently in my answer that the next correction is always your most important one. If we create a culture that communicates consistently to those who belong to it that any violation of the rules, large, small, life-changing, or of little consequence is going to get appropriately corrected for, they're going to be less likely to do it. I would hypothesize that many instances of counter counterproductive or harmful behavior have some basis in the belief by the by the person committing the behavior that no one's going to say anything or no one's going to find out or they may have a belief in their ability to rationalize their behavior or minimize their responsibility but if i'm right correcting that first step on the slippery slope and stopping the behavior on the continuum once it starts or before it starts to leave the green or turning the burner off will save the frog, okay? And we will see that we're way more effective at correcting all instances of counterproductive or harmful behaviors. If we as leaders aren't making all the corrections that need to be made and we're overlooking or we're tolerating or we're under underwriting some, our lack of action is communicating something to our soldiers. And that is you are telling them that they can begin to rationalize or decide for themselves which rules are important and which ones aren't. By being inconsistent and overlooking some things and only the making the corrections you feel are important, you are ultimately telling or you're shaping the culture in your organization so that what you value, what you're saying is that what you value is more important than what the army says we should value. Or maybe you're saying that values can be toggled on or off when convenient. Uh, and that is exactly how we start down that path of dysfunction within cultures and our organizations. The most important correction we can make is always the next one. All right, joining me in the conversation now is a couple of young leaders from 137 Armor. 
Sergeant McClure and Specialist Parker, I brought them in because I wanted them to share their perspectives and their, their perception of the business of making corrections and enforcing that appropriate organizational culture. And I bring them in because while I've done their jobs, it's been a long time. And sometimes when we have such a, a long time period between where we're at now and where we used to be, we kind of forget what it's like. And so I think it's important that we refresh that perspective as often as we can. So I want to start off by asking them the question that I'd asked you all earlier. What do you think is the most important correction a leader can make, Sarah McClure? I feel like the most important correction somebody can make is uh, definitely something along the lines of safety whenever it comes to lifeline or eyesight. Okay. Specialist Parker, what's your take? Uh, I'm at the agree with Sarah McClure because given what we do as our job, safety is a, a big, big thing for us. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to say you're wrong. The answer I was looking for is the next correction, but you're absolutely, safety corrections, 100% vital. We can't miss them. Uh, we do dangerous things for a living. Uh, and like I always let, what I always heard at every safety brief was, you know, the tanks are killing machines and they don't care who they kill. So therefore you got to be safe around them at all times. And that goes with a lot of, of a lot of what we do as part of our profession. But I say the next correction is the most important. The leader always has to be ready to make that next that next correction. Be it safety, be it uniform, be it inappropriate behavior, be it taking the keys from a battle buddy because they've they've been drinking and you know they're they're trying to go somewhere. Leaders have to make all the corrections, and that means the next one to me is the most important. And we're certainly going to have a dialogue about that uh, as we move forward, and, and that's fine. It's just I I want to get into that mindset. Next correction is most important. But if we all, if we were to all agree that I, for, and from my my perspective, I feel this way, that we're not making all the corrections we need to be need to be making, okay. And I'll start with you, Sarah McClure. Why do you think it, Why do you think we don't make all the necessary corrections? And you may have a better perspective because you're down there on the line. You're working with soldiers every day. Why do you think we're not making them all? I feel that for a lot of new NCOs, it can be difficult to make that first correction. Um, whether you don't know your, your regulations or you're, you're kind of scared to make that correction for, for your first interaction ever, um, it can be tough. Okay. I, I absolutely can relate. I, I was hesitant as a young NCO because I knew junior soldiers were watching me and more senior leaders were watching me, and I was being assessed. Like, how Sarah McEver is going to handle that first time? <laughs> He's got to go get in somebody's business and, and fix things. And so it tends to make one apprehensive a little bit. And sometimes you correct for that by going in and being a little extra aggressive, you know, and maybe you drop some of that interpersonal tact, dignity and respect, you know, that you really should. But I think that's absolutely the case. But I think we under, I think I would, I would rather have a leader make a correction that could be improved upon in the future than not make one at all. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and let, behaviors that need to be corrected slide what, what what's your take on it, specialist parker how do you feel about it why are we not making as many as we need to or all of them uh i feel as though sometimes when it's when it comes down to say it's a pfc correcting a staff sergeant or something along those lines it could be they could be hesitant because you know you never know how that person could take it they could see it as a threat or they might thank you for it either way it's just you really just got to roll the dice sometimes and more than often, people don't want to roll that dice. 
so if I if I'm hearing you correctly, there's a risk. There, there's a there's a little bit of risk involved, and that risk may certainly outweigh the the reward. Yeah, maybe that uh, staff sergeant's uniforms little little jacked up. They need to fix it, but we don't know how that individual is going to take it. And I see that, and, and I absolutely appreciate you sharing that with us. And I also, I can remember what that was like back in the day. Like, ooh, I really want to say something, but I don't know how this individual is going to take it. I, I think that that reveals some flaws in our culture as, as organizations where we need to really relook and rethink how we, how we view on-the-spot corrections or just corrections of any kind. We need to be grateful for them. I think some of us may feel like it's kind of a call-out culture, like, ooh, you know, Specialist Parker just called out the staff sergeant. How's this going to go down? You know, and it, it, it kind of draws some eyeballs. But I think we kind of need to go back to, hey, good for Specialist Parker for helping out Staff Sergeant or Sergeant McClure, you know, because they just made them look like that professional image of authority that they should be by making a minor uniform correction. Or maybe it's maybe it's a major correction. Maybe it's telling them, hey, you know, this behavior I'm noticing, it seems inappropriate. And I just I just want you to know I think you should stop or I think we should have a discussion about this. Absolutely. I appreciate both your perspectives. Some some inexperience, you know, with, with handling corrections. Absolutely. I think uh, we could maybe we can add that into some of our foundational readiness training, you know, do some role play on making the correction, intervening. Okay, getting better at improving the behaviors in our organizations, I think is only going to help 100%. And when we're talking about that, how do you think or how would you balance the requirement to treat everybody with dignity and respect with maintaining high standards, Sean McClure? I would say just treat everyone as a, in, a, in a professional manner, really. Um, just setting that standard for yourself and not, you know, kind of getting away from it and just uh, keeping yourself in line with that. Yeah, okay. Specialist Parker, what about you? I believe something that would be pretty crucial to implement would be the the golden rule. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, You, know, you wouldn't want some guy yelling in your face because, you know, maybe one of your patches are a little crooked, you know. That would, that would kind of ruin your day. Yeah, So. yeah. Absolutely. I think my, my advice to listeners and to everyone is do your absolute utmost to not make it personal. I think sometimes we tend to delve into, um, we, we tend to experience those events sometimes as emotional. And, and when, we, when we start getting emotional about things, um, if you see something and it immediately starts upsetting you, Probably take a deep breath before you go over and engage those individuals, unless it's a safety, you know, you got to make that safety correction, obviously, uh, right away. But I think we need to make those corrections less personal, make them absolutely 100% more more professional, Um, come up with a strategy, maybe think about what we want to say before we go over and engage. And I think we're going to get better because I think the things you've shared with us they're absolutely 100% correct, and they're, they're in play when we see junior leaders kind of not intervening when they should or even making corrections on, on more senior personnel. But uh, I absolutely want to thank you both for coming in and spending time with us and uh, being a part of the podcast. And uh, hopefully 
we can bring you back sometime in the future. All right, guys? Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. Sorry. Right. Right. Bandits. You. Yep. And with that, we're going to bring episode six to a close. I do want to hit a couple points before we part ways. Uh, I want to go back and give a huge shout out and thank you to Sergeant McClure and Specialist Parker and the Bandits organization for allowing those young leaders to come over and spend some time with me today and take time out of their schedule as they prepare to go out and qualify on their uh, crew gunneries. I appreciate their input and their insight. And I think as leaders, senior leaders, we always need to be seeking that, that bottom-up refinement and getting an accurate sight picture from all the members of our organization and not always relying on that top-down perception. But uh, thanks again to those two. I think they did a wonderful job. I do want to also make, make a, a point of distinction. When I'm saying the next correction is the most important, uh, I'm absolutely engaging in sort of a philosophical debate, not necessarily a semantic one, because yes, absolutely a correction that pres prevents or uh, preserves, prevents harm or preserves life to the men and women in our, in our teams that serve on our teams, the most valuable asset that we ever get graced with um, is always going to be the, the, the number one correction. But I, from a philosophical standpoint, I say the next one, because we always need to hit that next correction to ensure consistency as we're enforcing standards and, and expectations of good behavior in our organizations. I do want to keep that debate going. That is an ongoing discussion. Uh, for instance, Sergeant Major Kuhunsky, uh, Strike 7, he shared with me, he thinks the first correction that you get to make as a leader, uh, as you arrive at a team or you're beginning to form your, your team, that's the most important because I think he's he feels that that's what sets the tone for future interactions and behavioral expectations. And uh, I, again, please engage in this discussion with us. If you see Sergeant Major around, if you see me around, um, you know, come up and tell us where you, where you think we're right, where you think we're wrong. Share with us your ideas because this is this is absolutely an ongoing discussion. This is not a final um, a finalized product. We we want to keep this going. And because that's how we get better, as I we want to we want to receive as many inputs as possible. And then the last thing I want to mention is this this week's conversation is going to build into next week's. I have a young man named Kenneth from the R2 uh, Performance Center coming down, and we're going to talk bystander behaviors. And I know that has been a frequently selected topic of discussion and training. Uh, over the past 18 months or so as it pertains to Operation People First and Operation Ironclad. But I think what's gonna be unique about this one is Kenneth and I are actually, we're gonna share some experiences that we have. And we're also gonna talk about some of the reasons we don't, some of the some of the things that keep us in the passive bystander category as opposed to active bystander category. Because I don't think we're paying enough attention to those things. I don't think we're discussing what's going on cognitively when we perceive a situation may require bystander intervention because there i think there absolutely is a decision making process that occurs almost outside of our realm of awareness and we arrive at a decision without really thinking about it and i want to start thinking about that non-thinking and start discussing it and hopefully improve use that to improve the bystander behaviors but with that I thank you all again for being a listener. Every person that leaves a review on either Apple or Spotify podcast or the Anchor website, 
Thank you so much. Thank you for being a listener. Please provide me feedback. And if there's topics you would like to see me discuss in the future, please drop me a note whenever you can. With that, have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Take care of yourself and each other.